0: that's working now this had to go the right way uh kind of goes with jesse's last message (laughs) i thought left and god went right (laughs) um good morning uh i just want to pray first i just father we're so grateful for your presence in our lives and our hearts in this house we're so grateful to be called your children that you are our father we're so thankful for what you're doing in our lives, and our hearts, what you're doing in our families. We're so thankful for a righteous relationship with you Let Lord, no matter in the losses or in the victories, we exalt your name, we praise your name, and we give you all the glory. Just thank you in Jesus' name. So um, when I started uh, this word, I just kind of went back to the last word, actually, that I spoke in November. And I actually ended with this photo at the end of it. And I didn't really like this photo. Um, I felt like God wanted me to put it on there. But sometimes God gives you a word and you have, just a, you have just the knowledge of that word or the information or what you know about that word. And God wants to build on that. And So when he gave me that photo, I just thought that it, um, we were, going to, we're, we're going into God's glory. God's glory is taking us, the glory train. But I just felt like, that looked a little ominous. It didn't it didn't look, it looked a little foreboding to me in November. And it's because God was speaking about disappointment. And um, he was talking about how, and he was stirring up any disappointment in our hearts, anything that had settled, anything that, any way that we'd been disappointed in what God has done or hasn't done, how our life has been, even our children, anything that promises that we've been standing on, that sometimes disappointment just settles in the bottom of our heart. And you can look at a clear glass of water, but sometimes at the bottom of that water, there's some sediment. And that's how disappointment settles in our heart. And so God said he was stirring up disappointment and i was like oh you know I, i was like okay lord you're stirring up disappointment because there's no disappointment in god's heart he's never disappointment god's heart is always a heart of hope And so God's been speaking to me a lot about that word. It kind of goes with Jesse's word. I thought left and God went right. Because if you look at that, you may think that's going right, but you know what? That could go down a mountain, that could go up a mountain, that could go alongside a mountain cliff. That is really unknown. And that's kind of like what faith is. You know, our future is full of hope, but it's unknown. And so it's just, there's a narrow way to go with God into our future. And so these disappointments are being stirred up. How many of you have felt 2020 to stir up a lot of disappointment? (laughs) That hasn't turned out the way you thought at all, right? And so um, God's always been speaking to me about things like that. He's speaking to me about a river. He said last year, about a year ago, he's talking to me um, about going around the river bend. Like we're going down a river, we're in the river of God, we're in the river of his grace, river of his presence but we're going to go around a river bend. And he said to me, and you don't know what's around that river bend. There could be a fishing hole. There could be a swimming hole with a nice sandy beach. There could be rapids. And I'm like, I don't like it when you talk like that. I don't want to know that there's... But he said, it's an adventure. Life is an adventure. Right now, believe it or not, this time is an adventure with God to know his heart and to be known by him, to hear what he's saying. And so um, life's an adventure, and God has shown me things like that in, in this season. We were on an air, I was on an airplane. It was the time that I went by myself to Guatemala. We go there. Our daughter lives there. And um, we, there's three flights there, three flights home, so there's many flights. And so uh, sometimes it's quite bumpy because of Houston. Houston, I don't know if you've ever been in that airport. But I guess there's lots of bumps in the air around Houston, lots of storms, lots of times they have to even close the airport. Uh, but Guatemala Airport's even worse for landing. It's a very narrow runway. It's one of the shortest runways in the world. So the minute they land, they put the brakes on. And so people are really frightened, right? So I always tell everybody around me, is this your first time? OK, and then if they, it is, I tell them, it's OK. They're just going to put the brakes on, and it's so loud. And people are like, they're scared, right? Well, we were coming home once. I was coming home once. And um, I was, this is the worst airplane flight I'd ever been on. We dropped in the sky, like we dropped huge. Everybody kind of almost screamed or a little bit screamed. And, uh, and then, so then after that, dead silence, everybody's just like, OK, I'm alive. <laughs> it, did, it didn't fall out of the sky. And then it happened again, biggest drops. I've been on like 100 flights to Guatemala and back, probably more. That's probably a really small number. But this was the flight, believe me. But in this flight, there was a little boy a few rows up for me, and um, after the first time, he went wee, (laughs) and everybody else is dead silence. They're like because, and then it happened again. And on the second time, he went wee, (laughs) and I'm like, I want to be like that kid. (laughs) And then it happened. Then and then what happened was the little boy asked for a third time. He said, "Do it again," and everybody else is dead silent. They're all like going, "No, don't do it again," and and so you know what? God wants us to be live like little children. That it's an adventure. You see, he was innocent to evil. He was innocent to fear. We're taught our fears. We're taught to be afraid of cars and airplanes. We're taught our fears. And he, had, he was completely innocent to fear. He thought it was fun. Do it again. Like, but I'm telling you, the whole airplane was like, no. Everybody was just really silent. So you know what? This is an adventure, and sometimes it looks unknown. And we're going to praise God in the losses, and we're going to praise God in the victories, right? So um, I'm getting used to this. So uh, in this time of covid just when it was just starting and it was before the church closed um i got a word in the prayer room we get words in the prayer room and you know it's really good because you can put all your words together and you kind of get a visual of what god's seeing and what god is saying and, and and because no one person ever gets it you need every you need everybody you need to hear from everybody whether it's children you need to hear their hearts because they're they're speaking the things of god right he was speaking the things of god that was the things of God. He was speaking the things of God. So in the prayer room, the Lord said, I'm pushing the pause button. And, this is, and then he said, be still and know I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. I'm moving sovereignly. And this was just at the beginning of COVID. So that spoke to my spirit that no matter what I see, hear, or know, naturally, in the spirit... I know that he will be exalted and he will be exalted in the nations. He will be exalted in the earth. Okay, politics, politicians come and go. Governments come and go. They rise and fall. Nations come and go. But God will be exalted in the earth. He will be exalted in the nations. And so he put that back to you. He will be exalted in your life. He will be exalted in your family. He will be exalted in your church. It's not what it looks like in the natural, what you see, hear and know naturally. So at the same time, um, right after this, I think it was the following Wednesday or Thursday, we had a prayer meeting here. It was before the church closed. I think it was the last prayer meeting, kind of like almost the last thing. And um, Troy got up to share. And uh, he was really vulnerable. He was really transparent. He was real. He was sharing something. And it was painful because it was unknown. He didn't understand it. But the presence of God that was in the room because he was sharing like that, it, what it does is it gives everybody permission to share their heart. I don't get this. This is unknown. I don't, I don't like this place. This is painful. I don't, I don't really know how this is going to change. But it's like that's the exact place that god steps in and so these two words pause and reset are actually two very big words in the body of christ right now if you listen to any prophetic words or you follow any prophetic people god's doing a reset and so our our thing is to find out okay it's going to be different for every one of us what is that reset that god's doing in our lives and we actually asked Troy to press that reset button. We asked him to pray it. And I absolutely believe that God is watching over his word to come to that place where he wants to make a reset. So he's probably going to do, there's probably going to be a refocus to see what God's doing in your situation, to s- to take the natural away, to take what you know, see and hear naturally, so he can bring in the spiritual, right? So this is the reset, and it means different things for every person. And I I think right now the reset is a lot of, do distractions get your attention? Do what you see, hear and know naturally, does it grab your heart? Does it hold your attention, your focus? Is it your meditation? Is it what you think about all the time? Because that will grow bigger. Because distractions are usually a tool of the enemy, of darkness. So that our focus is darkness. Our focus is really what God is not doing. And our focus is really what the devil's doing. We're, folk, we're So we, what happens is you give way to the devil. And then you stop seeing what God's seeing. He said, I'm moving sovereignly. Do you see God moving sovereignly right now? He's pushed the pause button. And so... Um, I just feel like in this time of of pause in this time of reset, we have been prepared as a church body. God has prepared us. If you look back on everything that we 've been given in this church, every word where, wherever it 's came from, through whoever it 's came from, that God has prepared us, and he 's prepared us by we 've been being taught to hear God's voice. I I really suggest that you go back and you look at Lectio Divina and you look at your breath prayers and you look at these are really, really important because this was the preparation for today. This was God giving every one of us keys and tools to prepare us so that we wouldn't be overwhelmed today, we wouldn't live in fear, that we would actually be hope to the nations we would be hope to other people so hearing God how to hear God and ways to connect with God really important and take those things and and Nina was talking today about praying in the spirit what better way to pray you don't know how to pray pray in the spirit see I didn't have that on there that's how we need each other someone else is like why didn't I have that on there why because I need Nina we need each other we're the body of Christ no one person has it all and so in this pause, in this Selah, you know, it's 71 times in Psalms and three times in Habakkuk. So find your Selah in the Scriptures. Pause in His presence in the Lectio Divina. Pause in His presence in the breath prayers. Pause in His presence when you're praying in the Spirit. Whenever I pray in the Spirit, I always get um, English words as the result of it. I, there's an understanding that comes to me because I don't have a clue what I'm praying about. But I'm praying God's will, God's word, God's heart. He's saying what he wants to say. He's watching over it to perform it. And then usually there's understanding that comes after that for me. I'm getting, I'm getting to hear what he's saying. So I have these sheets here, and I'm going to put them at the back. And this is just all about the Lectio Divina, and it's about breath prayers. And I think we have been prepared, and just pause in his presence and stay in that place. See, my pause was be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. So I always have to, I go to that. Okay, what's happening? Okay, doesn't matter what's happening. I know that God is God. I know who he is. He's greater. He's bigger. We don't want to make God small. What we focus on can either make God great or can make God small. So we want God to be greater. So practice going to the scriptures and find your Selah, pause in his presence, and find out what are you saying lord what is on your heart and i really feel like what is on god's heart is he's really saying this really loud right now i see you it's really loud really really loud and because when he says i see you he's looking for a response turn and look at him look at his face Look at his face. His eyes are full of delight. His eyes are loving and caring. You will see the face of grace. You will see a father who's pleased with you. He accepts you. And that's what this whole pause and selah, pausing in his presence. He just wants to let you know, I see you. I, I see what you're going through. I see, I see every hardship. I see every loss. I care. I'm a father who cares. I'm not distant. I'm not hiding my face. I'm not far away. I'm with you and I'm for you right now. So this is, this is God's heart right now. I see you and I care. And you're going to know I love you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So here's a good pause in his presence. Here's a good selah. Surrender your anxiety. Surrender your anxiety. Be silent and stop your striving, and you'll see that I am God. I'm God above all the nations. I will be exalted throughout the whole earth. Here he stands with you. Here he stands. The commander, the mighty Lord of angel armies is on our side. The God of Jacob fights for us. Pause in his presence and soak that up until he says something to you, how he's fighting for you, how he's standing with you. Be silent about what's going on in the earth. Don't have that narrative. It's not God's narrative. Is it really happening? Yes, but there's a greater narrative. There's a way that God wants to speak into it. He wants to speak light into it because where there's light, there's no darkness. If all we're hearing is darkness and all we're seeing is darkness, we need to come and stand in his light. See that he's God. See that he's God in every situation. But start with you first. Start with your family first. He's God above all. He's God above all. There's no, darkness isn't greater. The ites aren't greater. The giants aren't greater. God is greater. And that's this season is he's saying, I see you and I see what's going on. I've got you. And so he's fighting for us. You just have to know that God's fighting for you. God's uh, fighting for um, good things for you. And so in this, in this pause, in this salah, um, Dan and I found God who was fighting for us. Um, many years ago, our, our son, was, um, he was he phoned us. Uh, I was fasting on a Sunday morning during worship. Uh, God said to me, I want you to fast. So I said, okay. And I went on a liquid fast. And then by the next Sunday, and I hadn't heard God tell me why I was fasting. So by the next Sunday, I said to God, I don't know if I heard you or if it was me, but I'm going to eat lunch. I'm hungry. And he said two words, keep fasting. And I was like, okay, (laughs) I'll keep fasting. (laughs) Obviously you don't want to speak right now. You don't want to tell me why. And so, um, we went home, and about two hours later, we get a phone call from our son, and he says, I'm really tired, and I'm laying on the couch, and I'm so fatigued, and I've got these tiny little red dots all over my body. So my first thought is childhood diseases, which ones has he had, which one has he hasn't had, and I said, well, we'll come out. So we drove out to Castigar and I just took one look at him, and I said, this is a blood disorder. Your capillaries are bursting. So I, I'm not in the medical field whatsoever. This was a week of fasting to get a word of knowledge that I didn't even know I needed, that a crisis was happening in our family, and God had gone before me, and he prepared my heart so that this crisis wouldn't overwhelm me, because really it was a death sentence. He ended up at the hospital, ended up in ICU. Um, They told him, you possibly could die. His body was not producing platelets at all, like a hemophiliac. There was no platelets. Every platelet that his body tried to produce died immediately, right after it was produced in the marrow, And so that's a death sentence. It's worse than just being partial hemophiliac. He had no platelets in his body, so everything was bursting. So they were considering, they're thinking, okay, the organs are all going to burst, the brain's going to burst, everything, the, the whole body's just going to flood with blood, right? And so he received 11 um, 11 platelets, 11 bags of platelets of, of an infusion. They were $24,000 uh, $24, a bag. They had to get permission from the government. And so we had to wait for the permission so he could live because he might not make it two more days. <laughs> so, you know, this was just, but God prepared us for this, right? Because we pause and we say la, we pause in his presence. We put our head on his chest and we listen to him. This is not a lockdown or a shutdown. This is a head down. This is putting your head on his chest and knowing him in your distress, knowing him in your crises. And so they said, we're going to take out his spleen. And we said no. And, you know, but that was my son's decision, right? Because my son is a man that he makes his own decisions. And so we said no, because God said no. So we just prayed that, no, no. That's not going to happen. So every time they tried to get that to happen, because he had to go to Calgary, he had to have a specialist, because you just can't operate on somebody that has no platelets, so he actually had to go to another province. It didn't work out. It didn't work out. Every time it didn't work out for the doctor, it didn't work out for our son. And so guess what? After about a year and a half, they decided not to take his spleen out. At the same time he was taking prednisone, he was taking 10 times more than a heart transplant person. 10 times, and we just said no. He, and they said, You're going to take that for life. And we said no. Nope. Because why? God said no. Now, I would never tell anybody to start taking your meds. Don't do it. It's foolishness, complete foolishness. We have doctors we, because Jesus had a disciple named Luke. So I think God can move wherever He wants, how He wants. We were standing on what we heard, but we didn't tell our son what to do, we didn't tell the doctors. No, to own. We just stood on the word and we prayed it out into the atmosphere. It was pleasing to God because it was his word. He watched over it and he performed it. It did not work out. He actually, my son, by himself, without, don't do this, my son, without permission from his doctor, weaned himself off of it. And he was even cutting the pills in half after a while, and even cutting them into a quarter. He weaned himself off that drug because our no pierced his heart. Because he's our inheritance. That's our inheritance. So our no, because we agreed with heaven, heaven's like, I have permission. And so don't do that. Don't stop taking. I take high blood pressure medicine. God has not told me not to take it. So please go take your meds today. I'm just saying, stand on what God is saying because you will have a miracle. And at that same time, my son was in ICU for about six weeks, we would go in there and visit him every day. And one day we went in there, and Dan just looked up like this, and he saw something hovering there. And he says, the spirit of death. And he said, you leave now. Get out of here now. That's all he said. No thousand prayers, no commanding, no rebuking, no taking authority over. He just looked at it. You leave now. You go now. So that was the day that our son went into anaphylactic shock. They gave him the wrong platelets. He was actually jumping off the bed about six inches. Um, it's a miracle he lived, really. It's just an absolute miracle. But little did we know at the same time when Dan told that spirit of death to go, there was a man, there was, all these rooms were open at this time in ICU. They weren't closed rooms. They were, just had curtains. There was a man in a room that was closed. It was called the family room because he was going to die. And so his family was in there that night. <clears throat> they called the man. They said he might have a couple hours, and so we left because we left because we wanted to give them their privacy because it just it, ICU was different then, and we just wanted them to have their privacy with their father who was in a semi coma or coma. I don't know. He was expected to die within a couple of hours. Well, the next morning we go. The next day we go visit my son. That man's not there anymore. He went home. He went home. He didn't go to another ward you would expect someone coming of icu would go to another ward at the very very least right i mean you're in icu because there's something that you need intensive care for right and so he went home so god brought two miracles and it's not our prayers it's really like it's just standing and believing and agreeing with his heart agreeing with he's saying it's powerful then God can move the way that he wants to move. So see, God says, I see, I see you. I see what's happening. I care. I'm a good father. I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm mighty to save. He's just looking for the response all the time that we practice that response. So God gave me this song when I was putting together this word. And it's just like God's saying, I see you. Will you turn and put your eyes on Jesus? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look in his wonderful face. And the things of the earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Oh soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see? There's light for a look at the Savior a life more abundant and free. Through death into everlasting life, he passed and we follow him there. Over us, sin no more has dominion, for more than conquerors we are. His word shall not fail you. He promised, believe him and all will be well. Then go to a world that is dying, his perfect salvation to tell. This is the response to I see. I care just turn and put your eyes on Jesus because when you see Jesus you see the father you see how much he cares in your distress whatever you're going through you know I, I love Danielle and Troy's testimony last week because he called it a time of distress how many of us are in a time of distress but in that time of distress it, there was a testimony of Jesus Christ look what the Lord has done he cares he made a way for them he helped them the helper was there the father who cares the good good father showed up they even had to let it go for a portion of the day and go get something to eat see it took Troy and Daniel to takes to, to Danielle to experience God it took both of them it takes all of us to experience what God's doing right now in the body what God's doing We need to hear each other. So he went for lunch. Okay, I'll go for lunch. I'll go for lunch. Because they're two or one. They're joint heirs. And so they went for lunch and somebody paid for their lunch. Because God says, I care. I care that you're having a bad day. I I care that these things, this this old fear is trying to come back. They total their car, right? So the enemy's trying to say, God's not watching over you. He doesn't care. You're not safe. But guess what? God showed up. God showed up. See, this is the season of testimonies of God's goodness. So turn your eyes. Look, because you're going to see light. In his, in his face, there's light. And when you turn and look at the world, you're going to see things in the light. We're children of the light. And so if we've practiced seeing darkness, I know what's wrong. I know what's evil. I know what's bad then there's no narrative for God. There's, no, way, there's not, no landing place for God. He won't land there. He wants you to say, God, I'm full of doubt and unbelief. Help my, help my belief. Give me your belief. I'm, I'm doubting on, on light. I'm doubting on, I'm looking at these things and they're causing doubt and unbelief in me. And God's saying, look to my eyes because there's light in my eyes. When you turn around, you're going to see things in his light he sees you in what you're in but he also sees I'm there too he says here I am I'm with you and I'm for you and I'm fighting for you not only that I've gone before you I've gone before you for your lunch I've gone before you like that you know what the, all that is is God saying I love you I love you you know what that lunch is about I love you it's just everything every good thing that God shows up in your life every good way it's just God saying I love you. I care. I'm watching over you. I'm taking care of you. We're more than conquerors. So his word will not fail you. You see, we stood on the word of God for our son. We stood on it. We just said, God said this, that's it. What God said, he will do. That's it, done. What he said, he will do. We're not God. We just say, okay, we agree with you. So what he said he will do, because he promised. So all our part is to only believe. Only believe when we see, hear, and know things in the natural that speak the opposite, that are darkness, that are trying to get our focus, that are trying to distract us. So when I was putting this together, um, I, I, I was like, I wanted to ask the Lord more questions, because I thought, okay, Lord, what, are you, what else are you saying? What are you saying? And I had all these questions going on in my heart, but my heart was poised. My heart, when I pray for anybody, when I prophesy over anybody, I'm not looking at them. I'm looking at Jesus. Because they're speaking, but if I look at every word that they're speaking, I might see fear. I might see the scary things. I might see the hopelessness. Are people really saying things like that? Yes, it's because God wants to invade that. So i'm looking at jesus because he wants to invade that place so when i put a word together my heart's poised i'm looking at god and i'm looking at god to hear his voice and so god wants you to know he said when i when i didn't even ask him one question he said we are here and waiting and i said we and i was undone I said, father son and holy spirit are with you they're here now and they're ready and waiting our god who is a lover servant a servant lover our king is here ready and waiting he wants to speak to you and so go forth and break every tie of disappointment just go forth don't let disappointment take you off the narrow way don't let disappointment hold you back or stop you he's the god of hope he's and there's no disappointment because he's pouring love into our house when when he says i see you and you respond what happens is any disappointment gets cast out Because he loves you. Because in that moment, you're receiving the love of God. And it's pointing out any disappointment, even in the times of distress. So I believe that God's saying, get on the glory train. It's time to move forward. Um, He's going to carry you. His glory carries you. His glory is his goodness too. So let his goodness carry you in this season. Ride upon his love. If someone's unloving you to you, or you, you just having a hard time feeling loved, ride on his love right on his goodness right on that he cares so god's saying right now all aboard just get all in and just get submerged in his goodness so i just father i just bless your people in this new era father It's not even a season, it's an era, and I just declare this house is going to explode with testimonies of Jesus Christ. It's going to explode with, look what the Lord has done. He is such a good Father. He healed my body. He healed my mind. He saved me just in time. So I, I bless what you're doing in this place, Father, and I bless every person in Jesus' name. Thank you.